All right, guys, welcome. Welcome back to the Biomed Bros podcast. I'm here with my co-host, David. Um, today, we're going to be talking about different tips and advice about studying in medical school. Um, before we get into it, I'd just like to thank everybody for the success that we had on our first episode. It was crazy. Um, you know, we didn't get like a million views or anything, but um, it went a lot better than we were anticipating. We thought we would have like one viewer and we had quite a few and a lot of listens. So thank you guys for that. Um, and we're really excited. So continue to listen. Um, we're on Spotify, YouTube and Google podcasts. So check us out there. Um, we're going to be putting out these episodes, you know, whenever we're, whenever we find the free time to do so. But yeah, so uh, I guess we'll just get started for today. Um, talking about studying in medical school. So David, in your opinion, as of now, what are the, what is like the meta? What is the meta mm. for studying in medical school? Like what are people doing? Dude, that's a great question. I mean, you'll see a lot of different things wherever you are, whether you're, you know, in a, in a, your typical MD school or DO school, but probably um, the majority of people are using kind of a combination of their Anki decks, and then some, you know, uh, PowerPoints and probably some practice questions and outside resources like first aid, for instance, and uh, other stuff like that. You know, you're going to see people doing a lot of different things, but it seems like the meta right now is for people to really heavily use Anki and, um, and spaced repetition software like that to be able to cram all this information into your head. So yeah, do you think that's pretty pretty similar in your experience as well? Definitely accurate. Um, you know, and it depends on the people, but in, in terms of like the meta, um, Anki is way up there. Um, Remnote is catching more popularity um, at my school as well. People people use it. Um, um, I talked to somebody yesterday who is like a huge Quizlet user. So <laughs> any any like flashcard and like spaced repetition thing you know, super meta right now. Um, yeah. And we yeah. can talk about, you know, Anki in detail, like in an entire episode, but for sure. Um, for now, you know, just kind of talking about the stuff that people use. Okay. So what about things that people use to take notes? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, when I, what I've seen a lot of is mostly people using an iPad or um, a tablet of some kind. There's definitely like people at, at my med school that are using their actual laptop computers that the school gives them because it usually comes with a stylus and they'll take notes like that on like OneNote, for instance. Um, and that, you know, they all seem to have their merits, but um, I don't know. I think that I personally like taking uh, digital notes just for the versatility of it, but you'll see a lot of people taking paper notes too. There's really a wide variety of different things that you can see. It's not just one thing cut and dry, which is kind of interesting. What yeah, about for, you? for sure. Um, my school, I would say is probably like 97% um, electronic notes. Dude, that's um, a lot. It's, it's the vast majority. And, you know, mm -hmm. the reason is like, I took some paper notes like in college and stuff, and I like writing on paper, but in medical school, there's so many lectures and there's so many slides like, you know, the, the physical aspect of printing things every single day, you know, 
it's a ton of paper. You know, mm-hmm. if your school charges you to like print or whatever, um, you know, the bill that you would rack up printing every single lecture off would be the same price of like just buying an iPad probably. Oh yeah. So, so it would be, you know, just kind of just more difficult um, and kind of more work for yourself instead of just like going on your iPad, which is what I do. I drag the lectures over mm-hmm. and I just write on them. So there you go. It, it's awesome. But yeah, there's like a mix. Um, a lot of people use OneNote mm-hmm. um, and not specifically just on Microsoft products. Like people have iPads and use OneNote. Um, myself, I'm a Notability user, but a lot of people use Notability, um, mm-hmm. GoodNotes as well. Yeah. Um, and OneNote, those are kind of like the big three, I would say. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's fun. So the big three that you mentioned, I mean, I use GoodNotes. You have historically used Notability. And, you know, I know a few people that are our buddies from different places that really swear by OneNote, which, you know, I mean, I look at it and I'm like, I don't think, I don't think I like this program, but you know, that is totally you. Good job. Right. Like that's the stuff. So having all of these different programs available for people is really great because, you know, if you don't like one, you can always go to a different one and maybe it has the tools that you really like and, and that's great. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. What, yeah. what do you think, like, what drew you to Notability versus the other ones? Right. I had a very, like, specific, a few specific things that I wanted and I kind of just picked whichever, you know, would allow me to do so. Um, so I have a specific way of taking notes where I like to use a lot of different like highlighter colors and pen colors um, because every color that I use means something different. So like I'll use like pink or red for like, you know, super high yield topics or like, you know, general overview things. Um, I'll use green for like important terms and then yellow for like less important things. And then I do orange for clinical things and then gray for drugs. Hmm. And so when I look at my notes, I'm like, okay, here's a clinical thing. Here's a drug. I can just look at it really quick and just see, you know, what's important instead of having to read everything over again. Right. Um, so the, the amount of pens and highlighters was a big one. And hmm. so on good notes, um, which I had used before, it only lets you use three. Yeah. And so I was like, I, I need more pen and highlighter options. Yeah, absolutely. So Notability allows you to do that. And um, luckily, pretty recently, I think within the last year, Notability lets you now um, organize your stuff into more folders, um, oh. which before was a drawback um, because you could only do like a topic and like a subheading. But mm-hmm. now you can do like as many subfolders as you pretty much want. Nice. Which, which is so much nicer. But yeah, that makes a big difference because like the organization there can be really helped by having that hierarchical drop down. So, exactly. Yeah. Like I break my stuff down into like, you know, major blocks. Um, and then so like, for example, if we were in like the CPR module, like I would have the CPR module and then, you know, each week and then each like thing under each week. Mm -hmm. So like I would have all the lectures in one thing, all of the, you know, extra lectures, which we call DLAs, all of our small groups, practice questions under that week, right? And then everything under the module. 
So I like my stuff really organized. And I think that's important for medical school mm-hmm. because you have so much stuff. Like, let me look, let me look at my notability. I can tell you right now, because I have my iPad right here. Yeah. I have 800, almost 900 PowerPoints already and just beginning my second year. So, you know, you need some way to organize it. Absolutely. Yeah. Just because the volume, the volume amount, which I think we're talking about later is really something that, that can make or break a system, especially when it comes to getting notes down or, or, um, kind of consolidating your memory because maybe one day you're thinking, okay, I've got a pretty good handle on this PowerPoint over here, but over here, you know, maybe I've missed something crucial in, in some different PowerPoints. So being able to go through and systematically take down individual pieces of information, make sure you have it all in your head in an organized fashion is so important, right? Like, that's, if anything, I think that's one of the things that really um, I've had to figure out and struggle with a little bit during the, the year, because, you know, if you don't have that organization laid out well, it ends up being, it shoots you in the foot. It'd be, it gets really difficult to, to work with um, everything that you're trying to get through. Cause there's so much like, what do you, what do you think of, um, how the organization and the uh, actual getting through studying ended up working out for you. Yeah. Organization is huge. Like you need to know where to find things because there's so much information. You could be like thinking about something or be like, okay, today I want to go over this topic. But if you can't find where it was because you have so much stuff, it's like finding a needle in a haystack. So if your stuff is organized, you're like, okay, I want to go over the lectures that we did, you know, on Monday and Tuesday, you can go into your notes, find exactly where the lectures were Monday and Tuesday. And there it is. But, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're not organized and you just have all of your lectures piled in like one folder, it's going to take forever to like find stuff. So yeah. So organization is huge. And another thing with that, and in terms of like the app that you decide to use versus taking um, notes on paper is the search feature. Mm -hmm. I use the search feature a hundred times a day. Like if you're like thinking of a drug and you're like, oh, where did I, you know, I need to know more about this drug. Go into the search feature, type the name Mm -hmm. in, enter and the app will read through all of your notes and find every single time you wrote or it was in a PowerPoint somewhere. Yeah. Paper, you can't do that. So you're flipping through and trying to find something specific and like reading and reading, but the search features and all of the, I've used all three um, mm-hmm. apps that we were talking about um, and all of the search features were good. Um, but that's a huge one, you know, in yeah. terms of going against uh, paper notes. Definitely. Cause like, that's the thing too, you know, like at the end of your first year, if you're using just paper notes, even if you're taking your PowerPoints and blopping, you know, maybe six or seven slides on a page, double-sided, you're going to end up with hundreds of pages of paper and searching through that mess is going to be, I mean, 
it's not going to be impossible, but it is going to be um, far more time consuming than anyone really has time for in medical school. There's just too many things going on, too many moving pieces. And, you know, if, if you end up <laughs> spending 20 minutes searching through pieces of paper um, for that one drug, that one mechanism of action, whatever it happens to be, um, it's just not going to work. It's going to be really tough uh, unless your organization is so well documented that, you know, you've just got, you know, kind of that, that thing on lock, um, which is possible, but you're going to have to have binders on binders and dividers and dividers. And, you know, that, that ends up adding up. Whereas, you know, having um, any one of these apps, even if you did take your notes initially on paper, you could just scan those notes into an app, be able to search it from there. Um, so, you know, if I think if we were going to if give any advice to people it might be even if you use paper get yourself an app so that you can at least search your stuff um just because that might even help consolidate information better having two different mediums where you're going back and forth you kind of get that extra hit of being able to see that information in a different form on your on your computer tablet whatever it happens to be so yep yeah yeah totally agree so I think to summarize that part, you know, our biggest recommendation in terms of taking notes, iPad or like a Microsoft Surface or something or anything that, you know, um, even like a two-in-one laptop where you can um, use a stylus to write. So we're big electronic users. Yeah. Use an app. It'll make your life a lot easier. But if you're very adamant about using paper notes, um, you know, write your notes, but maybe scan it in. Um, mm-hmm. to, to an app so you can still have everything, you know, with you at all times and you can still search through stuff very easily. Definitely. So moving on to our next topic, specifically, David, what did you do to study during first year? What did your workflow look like? Yeah, that's a good question too. Cause you know, my workflow ended up taking on a bunch of different forms, depending on both what topics were going over and kind of how well I was doing in classes. Um, and, and it ended up in kind of a different place than it started. Cause usually when I, when we'd started medical school, we were in our kind of foundations of medicine class. I would really heavily use Anki. I'd really heavily use, um, you know, my note taking apps to kind of take down as much information as I could from the profs instead of using, the slides themselves and being able to kind of write on them, do that kind of stuff. So my day would look like, okay, we're going to go in, we're going to sit down, listen to the lecture, take notes, and then go back and either make Anki cards from those notes or look through the on King deck, shout out the on King, very Mm -hmm. cool. Um, To be able to find whatever cards are associated with it, learn from that and then um, go back and hopefully be ready for the test. Um, That didn't work as well as I wanted it to. Ended up going through to kind of a a more note-oriented type study method where I'd kind of sit down with the lecture, recognize where, you know, professors were highlighting key words or or key phrases, just important information and blocking that out using one of our apps just to be able to write those things in. And that ended up working pretty well. 
Um, those were the kinds of things that ended up happening. Now my workflow kind of is surrounding a framework that I make before class to kind of look at what the process is going to go through, kind of generally see where our hierarchy is, um, and then go from there, sit in class, make sure that I really understand that hierarchy, and then test myself off of that framework that I've written down prior to class so that I can say, okay, you know, I know this topic pretty well. I don't know this topic very well. Let's go review that, come back, test it again. If I can write out whatever's going on, we're golden, you know, keep moving forward. Maybe if I need to, I'll, I'll make some kind of memory device to be able to do it, uh, you know, just recall whatever it is. And that's kind of the workflow. You know, you start with a hierarchy, move down through until you're testing yourself in, in my, uh, in my workflow. What about you? Yeah. So, um, I'm a big Anki user. Um, right now, what my workflow consists of is in the morning when I wake up, I do my Anki card reviews. So it's the stuff that, um, was new yesterday. So I do my new cards or I do the review cards in the morning and then I have class at 8am. And so I go to class and I look through the lectures that we're going to have, just kind of skim them and, you know, highlight the big topics. So I know kind of what to expect. Um, I found in terms of like sitting in lecture, at least for me, like if, if I don't understand a topic, like I'm kind of just gone. Right. And like, yeah. I can't, I can't ever like pull myself back. Like once I get lost, I'm just completely lost and I'll, mm -hmm. I won't get anything from the lecture. So I found that pre-reading the lectures helps me to like, you know, if I don't know something, oh, let me look it up really quick. So when it comes up, I know what they're talking about so I can continue to listen. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'll pre-read the lectures, sit in the lecture. And then right after class, I go through the lecture again. Yeah. So that's three times of looking at that lecture within, you know, before lunchtime. Mm -hmm. um, right after I post read the lectures going back through them again i open up my anki and we have a school specific deck and i use the on king deck and so i look through both of them and i find the associated topics and i'll turn those cards on mm -hmm. once i turn them on i immediately do them because i've you know done these lectures three times already at this point i use the anki like you were saying to test myself okay what did i retain from the three times of just hearing this. So I do all of my Anki cards um, until it's completed. And then usually I'm done with Anki before, um, before lunchtime for me. Mm -hmm. After lunch, what I'll do, it depends on my schedule if I have like small groups or something to go to. But a lot of times now, because I'm kind of in like step prep, like second year um, step prep, I'll watch. Um, outside resource videos, boards yeah. and beyond online med ed, stuff like that. Um, a big difference for me studying in uh, first year versus second year is that first year, if you watch outside resource videos, they give you a lot of information that you don't need yet. Mm -hmm. And so you have to kind of pick and choose what you want. So it's yeah. like, okay, this, you know, this, you know, first five minutes correlates to me, but Oh, when he's talking about all these drugs and pathology and stuff, I don't need to know that yet. Mm -hmm. 
now coming into second year, it's like, crap, I need to know everything. <laughs> like yeah. everything is fair game. So um, th- I found that those types of videos have been a lot more helpful because mm-hmm. everything is, you know, relatable to what we're learning. Um, yeah. So right now we're in like micro and um, immunology and stuff like that. And so we need to know all the mechanisms, you know, you need to know the drugs and you need to know the pathology. So those videos have been really helpful, but that's kind of what I'll, I'll watch during my um, second half of the day. Mm-hmm. And what I do is um, I have my first aid book out. And so I go along um, while I watch the videos, I have first aid open, highlight the big topics in first aid and add any additional notes. Okay. Um, so when I go back, um, again, it's just a big resource, like a big high yield resource that I have. So I can open it, flip to like the micro section, you know, find where all of the diseases are because I highlight first aid the same way that I highlight my notes when I take notes. Oh. So same thing in first aid, all of the diseases are orange, all of the drugs, all like, I don't have a gray highlighter, but I'll like circle in black. Yeah. Um, so you know, that continuity of, you know, coming over from your notes to first aid, I look at it the same way. Um, but yeah, so Anki, first aid, outside resources for first year students, in, especially like incoming, I would use outside resources in moderation again, mm-hmm. because especially and, and first aid as well, because you need to be able to pick and choose what information you do and don't need to know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Like 80 to 90% of the time, everything that you're seeing is what you're going to be tested on directly from your lecture. And if you're going to use outside resources, it probably would be helpful just to use them for, okay, I really didn't understand this topic when the prof was talking about it. I still don't get it when I'm looking at it while I'm at home or wherever you're studying. And, you know, I just need something to really flip that light switch, make it work and, and then go from there. Um, you know, the outside resources that I liked were like osmosis, for instance, has pretty simple videos for breaking down complicated topics, especially in the first year. And, and a lot of the time they're also standalone. So like where you'd have online meted, um, doing a lot of really integrated stuff for people that are both doing basic sciences and getting into their, their second year, their more clinical year. Um, these guys usually will, will have something that's kind of here is, you know, the five minute, uh, glycolysis video or something like that. Um, so that can be, that can be really helpful that way. Um, yeah. What, uh, what do you think is something that just didn't work for you when you started at the beginning of the year or something that just hasn't made it through your process of kind of weeding out, okay, this is good. This is not good when you're going through studying. Yeah, what has not worked for me and I tried is rewriting my notes. Mm. I know so many people are like that die hard, they swear by rewriting their notes. That does not work for me. Not saying that it's wrong. Again, you know, the kind of the overarching theme of this, you know, how to study video is find out what works for you. Definitely. For me, rewriting notes does not work. Um the reason is because I kind of get into like this zone where, you know, I'm just copying 
I'm not really like, I wasn't like thinking about what it was. I would initially like in the first 20 minutes of like writing my notes out, like trying to make it an active process and like truly thinking about what this means. But if you're just trying to like reorganize your notes and you're writing it just to make it look pretty or whatever, when I would do it, I would find that like, I'm just copying and pasting and copying and pasting. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't learning anything. You're just mindlessly writing. And that's just, for me, it was wasting the time that I had in the day. Yeah. And that's a big problem, right? Like the, the biggest problem, cause I, I went through kind of a phase like that too, going through and trying to rewrite those notes. What I'd find is I'd have, you know, pristine muscle memory for being able to like, just write things out. Um, but I wouldn't be able to really recall and discuss stuff with people if I was trying to. And, and that's just not, not a, it just didn't work for me. It didn't work for you. Some people, like you're saying, I mean, they just, it just makes it, it works. So, um, you know, there was another, another girl that I knew in the class with me who would literally just put the screen up in front of her face and stare at it. And if she stared at it long enough, she'd be able to tell you whatever was on that, on that slide. And she swore by it. Um, some of those things, you know, they make a lot of sense. Some of them don't. And like you're saying, find what works for you because it, what works for you might not work for other people. And it might be just, you know, you have to, you have to gauge where things go with your studying and whether you're actually being effective in it. Cause like that metacognition of being able to say top down, am I, do I know what I know? that's, that's all that medical school is uh, to some, to some extent, like if you know what, you know, you can do whatever you need to. Um, but if you don't, you're going to be in trouble. So, yeah, I mean, for me, the rewriting thing did not work, um, had to be active, had to be something that, um, that really engaged whatever's between my ears right now. Um, otherwise it, it wasn't going to, wasn't going to work out. So whether that was uh, talking with another student and being like, okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, you know, you give me an answer. You're going to ask me a question. Uh, maybe I know the answer. Maybe I don't. But that process of kind of saying, okay, you know, I think it's this. Is it that? No. Okay. Then we're going to go back, double check it, refigure that out and be good from there. So, yeah. But, it, you know, medical school is uh, it's a fire hose. It's crazy. It's a lot of info. Yep. Totally agree. That is a perfect, um, you know, carry over to our last topic, drinking mm-hmm. from a fire hose. Um, Zoom is telling us we have, a t- we have 10 minutes left. So no. let's, you know, get this. We'll, we'll talk about drinking from a fire hose and then we'll, we'll close out um, yeah. on, a, on a really good episode. So drinking from a fire hose, how do you pick out important information in the lectures? What I do, and this is key because you know, obviously they're not going to ask you a question on every single thing that, you know, they talk about. So how do you know what's important, right? My mm-hmm. advice would be listen to whatever the professor says multiple times mm-hmm. or listen if they're like, you know, this is what I'm going to test you on. Like if they say that hundred stars on it, right? Definitely. The other way to figure out what's important is in my, um, in my opinion, practice questions. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. My school is really good at giving us a lot of practice questions to do. And so if you're not sure what they're going to test you on, look at the practice questions, do some and say, okay, you know, here's what they're focusing on. Let me go back and relearn this stuff. So I can say, okay, you know, this didn't seem that important. I'm not going to worry about that so much. Um, But this part over here, like, oh, if I memorize this chart, then I'll be able to, you know, answer all the questions about such and such topic. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, practice questions are, are huge. Yeah, definitely. Um, And very similar for me, you know, having those practice questions available really helps because it does direct what you're looking for. Um, I think just to add on to what you were saying about kind of listening and lecture tone shift in what the professor is at how the professor is saying things can be a real indicator too. Like they might not specifically say, I'm definitely going to test you on this, but what they might do is say, Oh, like they might start getting excited about something. And, and that might be what ends up on the test because they just, they have that topic in there. I remember one of my professors was really jazzed up about this thing that he called the carb flame, right. Which is, you know, part of uh, metabolism, but um, it ended up on the test, right? Uh, it, it just helps to pay attention to how profs are going through, how they're saying things. That might be a really good way of kind of picking stuff out. So totally agree. In addition to that, um, a difference between like undergrad or graduate school and medical school, mm-hmm. right? In medical school, you're studying to be a doctor. Yes. That means anytime they talk about something clinical, it's going to show up. Going to show up. So in terms of like basic sciences, when you're in like biochemistry in undergrad or graduate school, when you would have like written exams, um, you know, for, for us, um, our biochem exams, like you would flip to a page and it would say, you know, draw the entire TCA cycle. Mm-hmm. So then you'd have to like draw it out. They don't do that in medical school. Never. So, you don't need to waste your time in medical school drawing every single biochemical pathway a hundred times to memorize it. Mm-hmm. Know the clinical correlates, know, you know, in what disease, what enzyme is broken and, you know, the downstream effects from that. Right. Yes. So yeah. clinical stuff in, in terms of like biochemistry, genetics and things like that, know the clinical things in first year if you know you're talking about biochemistry and they throw you a disease mm-hmm. uh, like you know like maple syrup urine disease right they love yeah. that highlight it it's going to pop up so you know take every disease know what enzyme is broken know the symptoms um, because you don't need to know every single step of everything clinical correlates you can guarantee that they're going to show up yep that's absolutely right if you know the clinical stuff, you'll at least have a good groundwork for what you're going to see on a test. Definitely. Definitely. Very cool. Um, last thing in terms of like drinking from a fire hose, I don't remember if I mentioned this um, in like one of our first episodes, but somebody told me like the summer before I started, they're like, you know, you always hear that medical school is like drinking from a fire hose. And this person said that they don't actually believe that. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, I wonder why, because you always hear that. Yeah. And they, they said that medical school is not like drinking from a fire hose because drinking from a fire hose is literally and physically impossible. 
Yes. <laughs> right. If you stuck, if you stuck your face up to a fire hose, you would get blasted. Absolutely. And, you know, it's physically impossible. Mm-hmm. And this person said medical school is not impossible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can do it. Right. It is doable. Drinking mm-hmm. from a fire hose is not doable. Not, doable. not even in the slightest. Um, so, you know, going into medical school, you don't really want to like play the victim. You don't want to be like, oh, it's like drinking from a fire hose. Oh, no, I need to drink, you know, 19 cups of coffee a day just to, you know, be able to, you know, stay afloat. You don't. No, you don't. Not at all. Like, yeah, it's not like drinking from a fire hose. It is doable. You just need to figure out what works for you. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if you haven't heard of some of the things that we've been talking about during this episode, look them up, give them a try see what works for you your first year especially like the first couple weeks of medical school is the time to try new things right absolutely try things figure out what works the way to figure out what works would be to test yourself right do practice questions um talk with somebody else if you can't explain something to somebody then you don't really know it so Mm -hmm. your study process hasn't been working um but yeah, that's my last piece of advice. Medical school is not like drinking from a fire hose because it is doable and everybody listening can do it. Absolutely. And, you know, if I were to give one last piece of advice too, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to steal from Bruce Lee, be like water. Um, don't expect that what you do at the beginning is going to be exactly the same way as what you do at the end. Um, figure out what works for you and change yourself and what you're doing and be willing to just be humble and say, okay, this did work for me. This didn't work for me. We're going to cut this and add something else, right? That kind of mentality is going to get you through. Um, And it's going to get you through regardless whether you're in med school or whatever the heck you happen to be doing. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I give. Amazing. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that brings us to the end um we just have a few minutes left but um thank you guys again for listening um thanks for the support on the first episode or the first two episodes Mm -hmm. um they went really well continue to follow us we're on pretty much all of the social medias uh twitter instagram youtube all at the biomed bros um we also put poll questions Mm -hmm. um in in spotify there's poll questions so feel free to answer the questions Um, There's also a location there to write in questions. If anybody has questions about anything, we will talk about that um, on the next episode. Um, But yeah, Instagram as well. Feel free to message us um, anything that any of the listeners need. We are here to help you guys. Um, But with that, we will see you guys in the next episode. Absolutely. Thanks, guys.